The following podcast contains spoilers for Awakenings. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Benjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Migusto. That's a me. That's a that's a you, my boy. That is a me. How are you, you sexy man, scantily clad winner of a man? Huh. What? What? <laughs> exactly. Are you watching me right now? Yes. I'm good. How are you? I am I am so comfy right now. I'm in a yes. robe, just chilling. Ooh. Ooh. I'm relaxed. Yeah. In fact, I was so relaxed this weekend that I watched 14 movies. I saw and I'm extremely jealous. I don't think I'll ever have the time to do that again, mm. and I hate that. But, yeah, you know, I, I normally, great. I normally <laughs> don't have the time, but uh, yeah. I cranked the living shit out of some movies. Because, A, I do have to catch up to the 2021 films for us to... Uh, eventually you know give awards to later oh yes the stonies uh, the the, the world renowned stonies mm-hmm. everyone's heard of it yes uh, but uh, what what 14 movies did you watch so, so i'll go through them and then i'll just kind of quickly talk about them as fast as i can mm-hmm. uh the first one i watched was the mitchells and the Mich- or versus the machines mm. and for the review i put in a world filled with pal be manchi uh, <laughs> and then i watched yes. and then i watched nobody uh, and then I put for the review for that. Great Scott, uh, Doc has had enough of this shit, Marty. <laughs> Did you review all of them? I reviewed each one that I could. I, th- yeah. I think except for one of them. Uh, next, I watched uh, Chaos Walking with Tom Holland and uh, Daisy Ridley, which is about the uh, you know all the men on the planet's thoughts are just out there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even think I think this much. I'm hungry. Daisy is so pretty. Oh, Tom Holland doesn't have a shirt. Oh man, I'm still hungry. <laughs> Yeah, it really. I I saw that too. It kind of goes overboard a little yeah. bit. Yeah, cool concept goes overboard a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so much. I mean, obviously, there's just so much thinking going on that it's kind of yeah. distracting. Yeah, um, it's a detriment to the story, really. Yeah. After that, I watched the Tomorrow War, which was kind of just a put on movie. Uh, for the review for that, I put Chris pa- Chris Pratt punch alien good. <laughs> <laughs> How's Sam Richardson in that? Uh, he's actually the best part. Uh, that's what I keep hearing, yeah. and I, I want to see it for him alone. Yeah, but he's not in it enough that I would like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's in it, and he's the best part, easy. Mm-hmm. After that, I watched uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, and then I said, uh, listen, I love dragons. I also love Aquafina, but I still wouldn't trust humans, even if Aquafina Dragon told me to. That's true. That's true. <laughs> easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, then I watched Beckett, and then there's a line where he's like, eh, believe me, I'm not that creative. So I put, believe him, he's not that creative. He's just Beckett. <laughs> uh, which is the best that I could do for that one. <laughs> uh, Supernova, which is with uh, Stanley Tucci. And uh, Colin Firth. And uh, it's <laughs> I put for the review for that, I said, I just want to kiss Stanley Tucci's beautiful bald cranium and tell him everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've been I've been wanting to see that uh, the the composer for it is Keaton Henson. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite musicians. Uh, but I mean, it also looks compelling. Uh, yeah, I, I think it looks like a good movie. It's, it's one of the best uh, gay men movies that I've seen. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, probably the best, to be honest. I uh, I have to catch up on my gay men movies first. But uh, <laughs> but uh, after that, I watched Sweet Girl, which is 
one that I was recommended to watch, but they hadn't watched it. So they're like, yo, review this and see if I should watch it. I'm like, all right, I got time. Hey, so uh, uh, what's the first name of the person who did that? Steven. Steven. Make your own goddamn opinions, you son of a bitch. Piece of shit. How dare you? Yes. Uh, and dear God, I was texting you during this movie, I you think. Were, and yeah. uh, I was like, dear Lord, this movie sucks. <laughs> There's a twist in it that was absolute garbaggio. And for the review, I put, I bet this movie would have been better if Jason Momoa was just my dad instead. <laughs> um, and then I watched the documentary Val with, obviously, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. I put, heartbreaking, invigorating. I asked, I had a whole video on it, so I'll, I'll just skip all that. It just, it's redeeming, kind of, in a way. Yeah. Um, I know he kind of was like a, a shit and stubborn man. Uh, but, you know, I never actually cared for Val that much I mean, this makes me want to take like a second glance maybe some of his earlier workings that i haven't uh, seen before watch tombstone i have watched tombstone i've watched um, kiss kiss bang bang yeah there's and obviously batman but there's not too much besides that i hear he's good in the doors i haven't watched the doors but that's more of my aversion towards oliver stone than it is you know mm-hmm. the doors or val kilmer yeah uh, i just don't like oliver stone movies okay uh, or him as a person, because he likes uh, South American dictators and thinks that America should be that way. Uh, but yeah, it's um, w- that's one on my list. But Val Kilmer, I mean, he was always a talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even I always knew he was a good actor, even when I didn't see him. I mean, he's a Top Gun too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then after that, we watched The Night House, which yes. there will be a review up on YouTube eventually when I get to that. I'm excited uh, to see you watching. On that. Yeah, when I'm not watching every movie possible. <laughs> um, and then I watched Nomadland this morning, uh, which was kind of. I just woke up at like 6 a.m. and was like, ah, I'm not going back to sleep. I might as well watch a movie. Uh, I might have to rewatch this movie um, because, like, I was paying attention, but I feel like. A lot of people loved it more than me, and mm-hmm. I want to give it a second chance on that, considering I was, like, sleepy as shit just watching yeah. it. Um, but it was really good for the most part, really kind of crazy how... I mean, I know how, you know, people live, like, in vans and stuff, but it's, like, this is, like, an actual, like, in-depth, like, this is how people are living. It's telling this yeah. whole story of this woman who's in her 60s and everything, just going out and trekking. Yeah, so that that movie has some really great parts, mm-hmm. uh, and it's beautifully shot um, and beautifully acted and all that. I feel like it kind of dilly dallies a bit too much yeah. in in some scenes, but like there are some really impactful parts. I do think that the reason it won the Oscar uh, for Best Picture is because it came out at a time when people were not seeing people, mm-hmm. and it's a very human story. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think another movie probably would have won. I don't know which one, but mm-hmm. it's that's not to say it's not a good movie. It's just I don't think it's as powerful in a world where people see each other every yeah. day because <laughs> it's it's extremely human and and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was Nomadland, and then I watched a movie called Shadow in the Cloud, which I was texting you very <laughs> yeah, you much about yeah. this morning. Uh, it was it's been sitting in my Hulu like uh, watch list for a very long time. Um, and I was just like, you know what, I'll, I'll get to it. I, I only really watched it for Chloe Grace Moretz. She's like the only reason I actually watched it because I didn't read anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the review I put, uh, it only I only got this higher of a view because I liked uh, Chloe's performance. Other than that, this movie was something else. <laughs> and then I put Chloe punch gremlin good. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. It was a 
really wild ride. It takes place in the 1940s and there's like synth wave music and <sighs> and like there's like six or seven men on this plane and they're all arguing for a constant 45 minutes before anything actually happens and it's yeah. just really annoying and then it gets S- wild. Yeah. After that, synthwave does not need to be in everything, and I wish people would realize that. Specifically, not in nineteen or uh, yeah, nineteen forties. So. Yeah, I, I am of the opinion that for the most part, obviously there's some uh, ex- exclusions, but for the most part, the score should match the time period that mm-hmm. it's in. And that's not to say that you should have harpsichord in every nineteen seventies movie. Yeah, but it shouldn't be like something that is so of a time and synth wave is definitely of the eighties. Even modern synth wave is trying to emulate the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just my opinion. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, then I watched awakenings, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then the last yes. movie I watched was the assistant. And for that, I put uh, a little quote from the movie, which was a, uh, don't worry, you're not his type. And then for that, I put, what a relieving yet at the same time absolutely terrifying line. Oh yes. And that that movie that movie was kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. I know like that stuff obviously happened Harvey Weinstein and there's countless more. Yeah. Um and it, this movie did a really good job of, you know, showing that to us, but Definitely. just through like the assistant's eyes and like yeah. how she kind of wanted to blow the whistle but she couldn't for the sake of her job and stuff like that yeah it was was a really good really good movie yeah it's a really well made movie Mm -hmm. um i'm glad you checked that out i watched that last year uh but yeah i really enjoyed that one too Mm -hmm. uh we flip-flopped this week Mm -hmm. granted you know seeing 14 movies in one week is not really a thing i do anymore because responsibilities you've been um, with child i've been uh, yeah me specifically has been with child uh so i watched three movies this week that's mm-hmm. you know that's even a lot for most glenn weeks yeah it is it really is <laughs> uh the first one i watched i watched coda uh uh it's a was it acronym the mm-hmm. one where each letter means something yep. what, whatever that word i'm pretty sure it's acronym it's uh for child of death deaf adults and it's mm. essentially a coming of age story of this uh this teenage girl who is able to hear her and the rest of her family is deaf though. And it's uh, like her trying to pursue, pursue a music career. Mm-hmm. And my official uh, review for this is fuck this film for making me feel feelings. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is really, really powerful. And uh, you know, it's, it's a feel good movie, but it's also got a lot of really, you know, emotional parts so i highly suggest people check out coda it's yeah. one of my favorite movies of the year so far i was gonna say that's on um, the list right i'm definitely yeah, my top, watching my top 10 list yeah um and and on our stony short list which is mm-hmm. really just every movie that's come out in 2021 yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah yeah coda go check it out uh it's also on apple tv plus if you're not comfortable with going to theaters or you don't have it in a theater near you uh but yeah then i watched the night house which uh yeah we should have a review of that Probably, hopefully, by the time this is up, because uh, this is coming out in a week. Um, hopefully, you'll have it done by then. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely be up by, by so, yeah, Wednesday. Check out check out our YouTube channel for the, the our review of The Night House with Rebecca Hall. Uh, yeah, and then I watched Awakenings, which we're going to get into in, in a minute. Uh, you said you don't have any news, but I have one little bit of news. Hit me, baby. Um, again, going on the, the trail of Scarlett Johansson suing Disney and... Disney doing that. Uh, Denis Villeneuve defends Scarlett Johansson's Disney lawsuit, which anyone with a brain is, which is mm-hmm. essentially everyone except for Disney, um, 
because it's it's so obvious that they were in the wrong yeah. that that even people who don't know how contract law works are are rooting for Scarlett Johansson um but uh he said that from now on he's going to make theatrical exclusivity an added part an added clause of his future contracts yeah so I, I saw that he's also pretty annoyed with the uh the streaming release for Dune oh yeah I would be too oh, absolutely it's, it's horrible uh and um there a lot of people are calling uh Disney's reaction to Scarlett Johansson uh her the lawsuit misogynistic cuz honestly they would not have bashed any any male actor honestly mm-hmm. um and it it, it kind of you know whether it is in a, a purposeful misogynistic move or just subconscious i i fully believe that is i really don't like disney I, mean, I, I, I wish, don't either for sure i wish they they didn't own like half of the studios and half of the movies but that's you know the way it is. It's impossible. Honestly, if, if they would have just been like, yeah, I mean, you should definitely have this money. It would have been a good thing for them. They would have been like, oh yeah, we yeah. fucked and up. I'm let's sorry be honest, that. Disney does not fucking need the money yeah, that she's don't. asking for. So they're they're dumb for not just settling it mm-hmm. and and trying to make and a big deal out of now it. Now here we are. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. Disney sucks. Uh. It sucks that it's if you're a movie buff, it's more or less impossible to boycott them mm-hmm. because you would see like ten movies a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, but good on uh, Denis Villeneuve. I really hope he's able to get theater uh, theatrical exclusivity for his yeah, future he's contracts. A fantastic director. So hopefully he yeah. can get those. Uh, and I'm sure I'm, it wouldn't be that hard to either. Honestly, for him, it his movies don't usually make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they're always good. They're always yeah, they're like, always beautiful. Yeah. So like you know. <laughs> If if art was more powerful than money, which it should yeah. be in my opinion, uh, then he would. But you know, studios suck and Disney sucks even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, good on Denny. Hopefully things continue to sway towards theatrical releases. I am not against streaming releases as well. I want them included in contracts from the get go. Yeah. So people have the option to do theatrical exclusivity, and I want the window for theaters it's it's a both sides thing where i feel like theaters made it impossible for streaming services to put their movies in theaters mm-hmm. exclusively for like 45 days cuz they uh, originally they wanted a 70 day window yeah and now uh you know amc has a deal with uh i think it's warner brothers warner brothers for 45 day window which is perfect mm-hmm. yeah. month and a half that's all you need yeah, uh, and that's what Netflix wanted all along. So, like, I'm hoping that it's it's kind of a hybrid solution. Yeah, I was even saying to some some other people talking about this that two weeks would be like just a, a good thing, not in like the two weekend. weeks. Two weeks, I think, would hurt theaters. Okay, uh, just because yeah. people like people would be oh it comes out on this in two weeks let me just mm-hmm. save the money a month and a half is just like do I really want to wait a month and a half? True, true. So so like while. For people like you and me, where yeah, we're gonna see it in theaters if we can, mm-hmm. that would make sense. The average moviegoer is not gonna do that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I would agree. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that's what that is. So, fuck Disney. Fuck them. Yay for the- theatrical exclusivity, and I hope that Shang Chi really shows them 
the what for yeah. to, to quote the 1920s. The Give them the what for. And uh, just really overperforms what they're expecting. You know, not in a pre-pandemic number kind of way, because that's impossible, but yeah. in a, a post-pandemic number kind of way. I hope it does really well. Uh, even if that means Marvel gets more money. And I hate Marvel, too. But uh, we'll <laughs> that's a whole other story. I'm rambling. Let's get into Awakenings. All right. Speaking of the 1920s, let's jump to the 1940s and the 1960s. Is it, I thought, was was his... It's 1969 is when this all happens. But uh, I'm, I'm t- Robert De Niro's yes. child part, is that the yes, 40s? Yes, yes. Okay. My boy. Then continue. God, God damn right it is. <laughs> Can you hear me? Does he ever speak to you? Of course not. Not in words. No change in data 9-11-44. Your patients, doctor, haven't moved in decades. What I believe, what I know, is these people are alive inside. Well, how do you know that, doctor? I know it. I just wanted to say to you, I preferred your explanation. At 200 milligrams, he showed no response. Maybe he needs more. Maybe he needs less. The victims of encephalitis epidemic uh, many years ago have been catatonic ever since, but now a new drug offers the prospect of reviving them. Directed by Penny Marshall, written by Oliver Sacks, the book, and then Stephen uh, Zalian, the screenplay, and then stars Robert De Niro, uh, Robin Williams, Julie Kavner, uh, Julie Kavner, and then Ruth Nelson, and then John... (laughs) I'm tired. Uh, Peter Stormare's in there yes. for a hot minute. Do you want to take it from the top or just move on? I just move on. I'm going <laughs> to okay. have a stroke here soon. <laughs> Holy crap. So, yes, Awakenings. Uh, it is a movie about an, uh, a doctor who treats, uh, I almost said customers, patients yeah. of encephalitis. Yeah, come get your encephalitis here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, starring Robin Williams. All those people that we already talked about. Uh, so I, I had picked this movie because recently there's been a lot of talk about Robin Williams. Obviously, his uh, the death, anniversary of his death anniversary yeah. was very recently. So uh, I was like, you know, I could use a good Robin Williams uh, film, and uh, this is one that I hadn't seen yet. So I was like, I, we got to see it with my eyeballs. And Robert yeah. De Niro's in it, so that's you know all the more splendor for the coffee. You know, even though it's splendid, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's not even Splendid, it's Splenda. Oh, it's our, <laughs> you idiot, Glenn. I'm going to punish myself later. But this uh, is, yeah, this is, a, this is a movie that I was I was looking forward to. And yeah. uh, you know what? Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Robin Williams is one of the few actors that can be taken as seriously as a dramatic actor as he can a comedic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, it's just great to see him in dramatic roles. You know, it's something that he, he has this presence of him. That's very calming. That really helps in like doctor roles, like uh, patch Adams, mm-hmm. uh, and goodwill hunting and stuff like that. And, um, you know, with this being Penny Marshall, I was a little wary that this would lean more comical. And yeah. when, when the plot doesn't seem comical at all, cause you know, she's known for big and uh, a league of their own and stuff, which have relatively comic moments, even if they're not 100% comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really worried going into this. I, I thought it, it could 
go either way. It could it could kind of overdo the comedy in a way like Patch Adams. And Patch Adams, I think it worked a little bit, but yeah, uh, you know, I was interested to see how it went, and I was I was relieved to see that it was more dr- dramatic. With you know, all the comedy came in very normal, uh, natural ways. Yes. Um. What was kind of funny about this was that usually he kind of does kind of like break out in some sort of comedic like he'll do like a scene or two where he does do some really funny stuff he didn't even do i don't think really one really funny thing in this yeah Uh, i think the the funniest probable intention funny part was when he was running and he said where's my glasses and they were on his face yeah that was Um, that that was definitely improv for sure that had to have been yeah, yeah I, that, I, that that's like really the one scene where it's just like, oh, I can see this being an improvised part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think for me, I think the best part was Robert De Niro and just how great he was at this patient. And like, honestly, how all of them, all the patients were, you know, performing as these people who were catatonic, basically. Yeah, they were all great. And just how great they were in their physical roles, obviously, specifically De Niro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really, he really came to when it came to this performance. I hate myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he, he was definitely like the best part of it. And I, I could probably, I would have liked to see a little bit. Uh, actually, no, you're right. I think I definitely, it would have been better if, you know, Robin would have held back and I'm glad he did. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have taken away from the whole scale of how, this whole uh how he's trying to find this cure for this um and everything and like how serious he was about it mm-hmm. um and it, it really was great because he was such a what the fuck was that sound like a ghost <laughs> it sounded like a goat um jesus uh is that the dog i think so unless we just got a random sacrifice in the house i'm not too sure <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't know where i was going after that so <laughs> um well the, the the one thing i really liked about this that i was not expecting is that it opens with robert de niro's character as a child mm-hmm. and shows how he was before the encephalitis and kind of this spiral downward uh and to the point where i kind of almost thought that this was going to be robert de niro's movie uh but then right after it jumped to 1969 it became robin williams movie uh for a good portion mm-hmm. and but uh like the kid they got to play the young robert de niro looked almost exactly like yeah him. uh like it was great casting and he was and, and it wasn't just looks too he was a pretty good actor mm-hmm. as well you know kid actors especially in the 90s were not really that great um but he he he's really sold it and mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really liked that they showed it was a, a quick and efficient way of showing that encephalitis is not something that you're born being affected by. Yeah. Because otherwise, like people without knowing would just see those people and just assume that they've always been like that and mm-hmm. were like that sent from kids. So to, I think it was a really brilliant move to show how he was before the encephalitis kicked in because then it showed you the hope uh, for, you know, them to get better potentially and that it wasn't just something that was going to rule their lives forever. 
and uh, I, it's just a brilliant move by Penny Marshall and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Steve Zalian, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Steven Zalian, the screenplay uh, writer. Um, something I wasn't expecting, but I, I really enjoyed that they included that because it really did sell it right off the bat. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very glad that they didn't stick with just De Niro the whole movie. Like They, yeah. they stuck with a lot of the other patients, and that was uh, obviously good because, you know, that way they're not a... You know they're testing a bunch of people on this this one drug on these all all these people have the same like symptoms and they want to like make sure they're all being treated not just you know this one he's obviously like the main like uh, focus because you know it's it's Robert De Niro and then he's got this uh, his his case kind of get gets worsened as he uses the drug or not worsened but he kind of falls back into it. Um, while the other ones are mainly okay for the most part, they they all eventually go back. Yeah, but it hits the transition hits him the hardest. Yeah, uh, granted that because he was on it the the longest. Yeah, and that that could just be, uh, you know how it it was edited. Like you know, it'd be kind of pointless to show the, the us, them all struggling the way that he did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it was definitely a, a powerful. Uh, use of the the time of the film to show how like it only worked for a little bit and then he started going back and mm-hmm. that was really just heartbreaking that was not something i was expecting um especially for penny marshall uh, the, mm-hmm. the marshalls her and her brother gary marshall they they usually like like happy endings and this kind of had a sad ending yeah uh, pretty, with pretty damn sad ending and uh with them all kind of regressing back to how they were before mm-hmm. they started using the drugs even while on the drugs and uh, then it, it, even, was, it even stated that they haven't had a breakthrough case like this since 69. Yeah, which is really just, you know, especially knowing that they are all aware of their situation. It's essentially being like stuck in sleep paralysis for your mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah. Um, maybe not as terrifying because your yeah. brain... Well, they were they were saying that they were like aware of what they were doing. They just never really had a grasp on it or cared. Yeah. So it was just kind of just happening, but they never really took it in. Yeah, you know? but when, when Robin Williams, uh, his character, um, I want to say... It is probably when Robert De Niro's character uh, through the Ouija board suggested that he check out a poem about mm-hmm. a panther. And the the realization that they're all essentially trapped inside their brain was just heart wrenching. You know, mm-hmm. it just it hit me so hard. <laughs> like it's it's one thing for them to be unaware of their situation. Yeah. It's another thing to know that they're completely aware. Some of them don't really care. Or yeah. couldn't control, but I'm sure there are some that were just like, "Why can't I do this?" You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that th- uh, their interests and their music tastes were more or less the same throughout their their struggles. It's just r- really just opened your eyes to how crazy the uh, the human mind can be. Oh, absolutely. I I have a lot of respect for like the doctors and nurses who like have to not deal, but like. Like um, I'm losing the word that that work with these people like because yeah. I personally I know Take I would care be, for yeah I would be bad at like doing this stuff I would be so, as well but, like I I have a lot of respect for the people who do and that are willing to go especially prior to, to f- the to the 90s because oh, yeah. uh, you know we have like the Penhurst Asylum mm-hmm. uh, near us which I don't think they had any encephalitis patients but they you know with mental illness 
pe- people essentially just threw them into these asylums and yeah. they were incredibly and understaffed called it a day. and called it a day. Yeah. And it's just the, to, to work in one of these places prior to the nineties and still have the compassion and empathy for them. Mm-hmm. Like they were people because they are people. It's just, you know, I, I hate to say that humans know more now mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's more understandable that they're treated with humanity now, but you know, back then they were just thought like, Oh, they're just essentially vegetables, yeah, which mean, is where the term they also from. were just, uh, they were just like, here, throw them in there give them a lobotomy, call it a day. Oh, that didn't work. Oh shit. Yeah, well, now he's worse. Well, <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed how this film showed the scientific process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you were with Robin Williams the entire way where like from the get go, his first patient where he turns around and then he looks back at her and she's like bending over for her glasses. And he thinks maybe he's like she's like playing a trick on him. So he tries to like trick her into thinking that it's going to happen again. And then he realizes this is just the uh it's not a reflex, he said. He said that he's like borrowing the motivation of the the of glasses like, or the, ball. Yeah, the glasses or ball. Uh, yeah, uh, I forget exactly the phrasing he used, but it, um, you know, it was a a really cool thing to see where his thought process was and how it evolved from there and how he realized there was encephalitis. Uh, it just did a really good job at showing his scientific process of uh, through trying each to step come that with, he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I yeah, also I, I liked the uh, the fact that it wasn't just him and the patients that they they brought in like uh, the families of the patients too and just mm-hmm. really showed like how much these people cared and that were willing to like uh, you come and visit like every other day or something like that or the weekends and just give give these people who are basically uh, statues you know these, these show them that there's still people hanging on for for life of these people like hoping mm-hmm. for the best and i thought that was that was a really good uh human addition to it yeah and i thought it worked very well especially when uh, Ro- uh robert Downey jr's jesus uh robert de niro uh is kind of like crushing on this this one chick he's you know he's he's a man now and he's you know he's like wow she's really pretty and like uh so she's like in there visiting her father and you know it's it's even more human emotion showing that he, he really likes this girl, and then it slowly gets dwindled down because he's regressing back to uh, his state that he was before. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to see it that. It really is. And and there was one shot um, where you see one of the patients. It was it was after they kind of revealed that they were all slowly going, regressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the character was uh, Frank, I want to say. Frank or Sydney, uh, But one of the, the older gentlemen... Um, you saw like one of his grandkids like trying to get his attention after he had regressed and it's just little things like that which aren't really like talked about they're just shown just tear you apart it's just mm-hmm. hard to think what it's like to be you know these people knowing that they're regressing back into their old uh, uh, encephalitis ways and also being the family members, oh, yeah. knowing that you had this chance to be, ha- have your, your old family member back and you had it for a little bit and, you know, just losing that again. It's, it's got to be such a weird feeling because it's something you didn't expect you'd ever get, but then you got it and then it's being taken yeah, away. Yeah, I can only imagine how traumatic it would be. But then it also might give you, you know, hope that it would happen again. It's just a really, 
you know, roller coaster of, of emotions there. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, honestly, I don't have too much more to say. I think for sure uh, Robin Williams was, was great. I'm glad he, like you said, wasn't overly com- or comedic or anything like that. Yeah. I do love him in his dramatic roles very much, and I, I wish he had done some more. He did have a really great career. He did, uh, yeah. De Niro was great physically and obviously with you know, his performance and everything like that. And just mm-hmm. everybody really was. Penny Marshall does have uh, some good movies under her wing yeah. there. Like, I love Big, a League of Her Own, or League of Their Own. I've seen once or twice at least. And then yeah. this, this one's definitely the most really heartbreaking of them all, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got like three or four more, I think, after that, maybe even more. Oh, yeah. I, that I got to get around to, maybe. She, she's a great filmmaker, but... um. Uh, I've got a couple more things. Uh, the one thing I liked that I think is very uh, underappreciated in this film, uh, John Hurd, who played the head doctor, Dr. Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, he played like the the antagonist, quote unquote, if you will, um, where, you know, the, there's there's and it's always a trope in movies with like doctors who are ahead of their time medically or whatever there's always that one guy who's their boss that's standing in their way mm-hmm. and while john Hurd's character was that character he was also very logical yeah where he would be like okay we can't do this for all of them right now you get one patient and we'll go from there and like it, it's at first you thought he was just going to be this guy who was just in his way the entire step of the way and to an extent he was but he was also very logical it wasn't something like his his yeah. reasoning was not completely out of the ordinary and unreasonable. Yeah, because it and, would have cost twelve thousand dollars to go through with each, like you know, yeah, each one of these patients. without knowing that it worked, it would yeah. have been insane. So I, I really appreciated that, like they still had that character, but grounded it in reality, mm-hmm. where like you know you understood where he was coming from. Yeah, it was a little bit annoying because it slowed the movie down a little bit, but you also had to see how Robin Williams' character had these obstacles, uh, and you know it was one of those things where they never really butted heads to the point. I'm glad there was never a scene where Robin Williams character got fired. Yeah. Cause that's just something that happens too much in those things. Hell, I think it even happens in patch Adams, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, I actually, I think that's the plot of patch Adams, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate it. I think that was a great aspect of that. Uh, that's something that's overlooked because it is such a minor character. Um, and then I have one question for you. Hmm. The nurse who Robin Williams worked with a lot, uh, Eleanor Costello, uh, do you, do, did you Marge? recognize her? Oh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to build it up to this whole thing. Anyway, yeah, Marge Simpson, mm-hmm. uh, Julie Kavner, a year after The Simpsons first came out in this movie. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, she's in a couple movies. It's it's always nice to hear her voice and be like, that's Marge Simpson. Yeah, obviously it's not as exaggerated as it is in, yeah. in The Simpsons, but yeah. Uh, She's got yeah. a very iconic voice. Yeah, thanks for ruining that moment, though. I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> it's, it's okay, I love you, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I got to say. All right. All right, so Awakenings. Does it make it onto the KFR shelf? As everyone knows, it needs to be unanimous decision. Whether or not we put this on the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid and Glenn, you picked this. So, does Awakenings make it onto the KFR shelf? I think this is a heartbreaking story, and I don't like being sad. I, in fact, I hate feeling emotions altogether. Uh, I'm going to say this does make it, because it made me feel those things, and I like that, <laughs> even though I hate it. Uh, <laughs> no, this, is, this is a great movie. I, I have expressed before uh, before you said your last two things that I, I think a lot, of this, a lot of the things in this are, are great, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's just a good movie. Just a solid, good, heartbreaking film. Yeah, the, I I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think it was as uh, not not flashy, but uh, it's mm. not really like a it's not a movie that's gonna break new ground or anything. Yeah, it's it's your typical, especially of the '90s and late '80s, uh, feel good movie, uh, but also has the heartbreaking aspect of it. Uh, and it's I was honestly waiting to hear what your thoughts were before making my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie was nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best a- uh, Actor in a Leading Role with Robert De Niro, Best Writing for Screenplay uh, from another material. Um, and, you know, hearing you kind of helped me make this decision. I was on the, the fence either way, but I do think that this becomes a shelf boy. I just wanted... You know, confirmation that yeah, I, I wasn't going to give it to you, Papa. Yeah. So, Awakenings makes it onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs for next week. Glenn, it's your week still. Go first, you son of a bitch. Uh, so, I've been in Aqua. Uh, I've been on an Aquafina kick this like uh, last week, ever since I watched Raya the Last Dragon. And I gotta tell you, I love the woman. She's fantastic. And Me I too. never actually listened to any of her music. I know she's had it but I've never actually taken a gander with my ears to it. Uh, so that's basically what I've been doing this whole weekend while also watching movies somehow I was doing that. Um, and I know she kind of became a breakout star with a song called uh, My Vag, which is like a, a, <laughs> a remix of My Dick, if anybody knows that one. Uh, but... Uh, so far, my favorite song has been Cakewalk, but uh, it's more or less just go listen to her music. She's a she's yeah. like a huge talent, and, uh, you know, she shows it between, you know, movies, you know, acting, and, and just comedy altogether. Yeah. And uh, just give it a listen if you dare. The fact that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for The Farewell is a oh travesty. Oh, my God, yeah. It is she's, terrible. She's fantastic in that. And she won the Golden Globe for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that the Golden Globes mean shit because they're usually stupid, but that was the one time I thought they did right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, Aquafina, listen to music, watch movies, stuff. Do it, you bastard. She got, she got a show on Comedy Central. That's pretty funny. I suggest that, too. Uh, my plug for this week, I actually just picked this. Uh, I had something completely else lined up. I'll probably save that for next week. But I mm-hmm. saw this trailer on IMDb uh, for a adaptation of Ingmar Bergman's Scenes from a Marriage uh, starring uh, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. Love both of those actors. Uh, I personally have not seen Ingmar Bergman's uh, Scenes from a Marriage. I have it on Blu-ray with my Bergman Cinema box set from Criterion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like three hours long, so I uh, haven't watched that. But I love Ingmar Bergman. I think he's a great th- uh, great uh, director. Uh, this is going to be a miniseries, I believe, on HBO. Uh, scenes from a Marriage, the trailer on IMDb, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube as well, with Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. There is a house built out of stone. In the beginning of a relationship, everything is thrilling and it's new. 
Research says that when the woman is the provider and the man is a caregiver, the marriage has a greater chance of success. Huh. Yeah, that can Loud and clear. <laughs> you just believe as a couple, nothing can hurt you. And then you gradually start to realize that actually anything can hurt you. We're gonna sit here and we're gonna talk as long as it takes, okay? But there's nothing left to say. What is this? What is this thing where we can't talk? This is a place. Do you know how long I've wanted to leave? I'm gonna go out of my mind if I don't leave right now. Right now, like right yeah. this second. If I don't leave right now, I know I'm never going to. And that's oh, my plug. There you go. Yes. So those are our plugs for that this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week. Uh, it is roulette week, streaming roulette week. Oh, uh, hopefully, dastardly bastards. Yeah, it's a it's a fun thing, but also very frustrating. <laughs> but Glenn and I talked. We are from now on only gonna put rating filters on it too. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna just let it be from zero to ten or zero to one hundred. It's gonna be six or higher. Yeah. Uh, this week, just because last week fucked us so much, I'm making it's, it seven or especially higher. Especially after that and pink flamingos in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm making it seven or higher just for our sanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after this week, it will be a six rating or higher uh, for, for the roulette. Um, but yeah, we spin the wheel three times and we pick the one that interests us most out of those three spins. And that, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. We got to pick it. And uh, that brings us to our first spin on the very real roulette wheel. <gasps> House. There you go. House. <laughs> totally a movie that I've seen before and love. Uh, All right. It is 1977 Japanese horror film uh, <laughs> on Criterion Channel. It is... Uh, a schoolgirl and six of her classmates travel to her aunt's country home, which turns out to be haunted. Directed by Nobuhiko Abayashi, uh, written by Chiho Katsura, uh, Chigumi Obayashi, and it is starring Kamiko Ikigami, Miki Jimbo, Kumiko Oba, and I Masturbara. Oh, that's too close to masturbate. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. that, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's uh, so that is House on Criterion Channel. That is our first spin. Let's spin it a second time. Screwball from 2019. It's on Netflix. We got that at least. Yeah, it says 2018 as well on uh, on IMDb. Billy Corbin. Oh, this is a little documentary. Okay, it's not. I was thinking, what's the guy from uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins? That's a good question. I thought it was Billy Corbin. Anyway, Billy Corbin's true crime dramedy investigates the MLB's infamous doping scandal involving a nefarious clinician and his most famous client, the New York Yankees' Alex Rodriguez, directed by Billy Corbin, written by Billy Corbin and David Sipnik, Sipkin, uh, starring Frankie Diaz. Oh, I thought I was thinking Frankie Muniz for a second. Frankie yeah. Diaz, Brian Blanco, Ian Mackles, and Samuel Kai Taylor. It is a documentary slash uh, something, and that is on Netflix. That is Screwball. I might have shot our foot on this one, and I yeah. apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so spin number three, please, film gods, make this a good one. Who thought? Who knew? Who knew? That with a seven rating, that we'd have a movie that I know I hate, even though it is a high rating, and a documentary about MLB baseball <laughs> doping. Spin number three. Bound. 
which is on Hulu, starring Jennifer Tilly, uh, Gina Garrison, John Pantoliano, and John P. Ryan. It is written by, oh, it's Will, uh, the Wachowskis. Mm. Uh, Lily Wachowski, La, uh, Lana Wachowski, probably as their dead names, uh, directed by them as well, the Wachowskis. Uh, tough ex-con Corky and her love Vi- lover, Violet, concoct a scheme to steal millions of stashed mob money and pin the blame on Violet's crooked boyfriend, Cesar, or Caesar. Uh, that is on Hulu. Ooh. Yes, it is. I was not in- interested in it until I saw it was the Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the good news is I think we found our... <laughs> we did. Uh, I'm still a little skeptical about it because it really doesn't interest me that much, but it is the Wachowskis, which yeah. I love. Uh, so, the, yeah, that is going to be... I guess we're picking that, right? I'm, I'm picking it. All right, so Bound, that is on Hulu. Uh, you can check that out for our next week's episode. Something's going to come along like it was made for you. Something that's going to fit you like a glove. And that part of you that you got hidden away right now, that part of you that we know ain't straight, that's never going to be straight, is going to whisper in your ear. Just three little words. I want. Yeah, hopefully it's a it's a good one. We'll see. This is uh, we'll, apparently their first movie, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to see. I mean, f- for all you uh, Law and Order fans, it's got Christopher Milani and his tight, tight yeah. ass. His tight so, ass. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, Bound on Hulu. That all is our right. assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for wa- listening and watching, if you're watching this somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone film review. YouTube, Keystone film, film review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week, which we're hopefully we'll watch a solid movie. Mm-hmm. And we'll be bound to watch Bound. bound. Uh, directed by the Wachowskis. Ooh, why did you make that joke? Boo. Yeah, boo. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.